Welcome, everyone, to the Take Control of Your Health podcast. This is Dr. Mercola bringing you the latest cutting-edge interviews to help you achieve optimal health. You can receive more information by subscribing to my free daily newsletter at Mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening. So let's get started with this week's latest program to help you and your family take control of your health. Welcome, everyone. This is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today we are joined by a repeat guest, Dr. Peter Bregan, who is most known for his work in psychiatry. He is a pioneer in the efforts of removing one of the most barbaric interventions ever developed in modern medical history, which is lobotomies. And he's pivoted and transitioned because like most of us who are interested in serving the people with authentic information that's going to move them towards health and keep them healthy, uh, there really are many other practical strategies you can pivot to in this last year or two because of what's happened. And he's written a new book about COVID-19. So we're going to dialogue that about that book today. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's just great to see you, Dr. McCullough. Uh, we admire your work and we're fond of you and delighted to be with you. I mean, my background person you were just chatting with, my wife, Ginger, we're delighted to be working with you. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, we could, uh, it's great to connect also with you and so glad you had have moved your direction and interest to documenting the craziness of what's been happening with COVID-19. So <clears throat> I'm going to pretty much let you lead what you'd like to emphasize because we could literally talk for 10 hours and, th- and then only cover a small fraction of what we could co- cover. But what I would, I, I have one personal curiosity because there are very few people qualified in the field as you are as to the underlying mechanism that allowed this wackiness to develop, which in in my view seems to be the most effective uh, propaganda campaign in the history of humanity. Nothing, nothing, nothing has come close. And I've seen some really clever analytics on this and the strong suggestion that, that Thanks to the effectiveness of this propaganda campaign, we have effectively created a mass psychosis, a mass psychosis where 50% of the people, people are normally rational and can think clearly and have good judgment, have just lost their, this, this capacity and just, just been won over by this propaganda campaign. So I'm wondering if at least if you can open a, a, on this and, and, and explain address this component, because to me, it's one of the most central cores of this and really guides our strategies. Because if literally, if you, you can try to, or seek to offer these people's people who are in this psychosis, the most logical, rational data, and they will refuse to believe it. It's like literally talking to a brick wall. So I think understanding the, the basis of this will, will really help people at least save some of their energy, I believe. <laughs> well, there are two parts to it or two different uh, approaches to it. One is who is doing it? 
And it's extremely important in order to get over what is essentially this attempt to make us all helpless, obedient, and docile. We have to know who are the masters driving this. And on the other hand, we have to understand the mechanisms for this, what is essentially a reign of terror. It's a subtle reign of terror, which takes us back, you know, to the first real giant progressive revolution, which was uh, simultaneous with the formation of our country. We had the French Revolution and the reign of terror as a, an opposing kind of revolution, a destructive revolution compared to our constructive revolution for freedom. That was a revolution for domination, destruction, flattening. And that's basically what we're looking at. We're looking at a revolution against us that wants to make us feel helpless like children again. There's an analogy um, in psychotherapy. In psychotherapy, we often see people who have been terribly, terribly abused by their parents, but they cannot face it. They can't understand it. They can't identify it as evil. They can't say that it was evil for my father to sexually abuse me. It was evil for my mother to participate and go along with it. It was evil uh, in the extreme when you see people who have been uh, ritually uh, abused for, uh, for this uh, to take place where families were getting together and abusing their children and doing it in a ritual fashion. And for the outsider often, it's impossible to even believe this takes place because uh, we human beings, we just can't bear to look at evil. We can't bear to think that there are people out to harm us and manipulate us. We can't bear to think there are people different from us, people who actually take pleasure from injury and domination, literally pleasure from it, the way we might from a, a hug, or, well, I'm not actually comparing them, but from the pleasures we would take, which are peaceful and loving. So I wanna, um, identify first, who are these people? Who's doing this to us? It's time to face it and to get rid of the idea that this is chance or this is crazy or this is bizarre or this makes no sense. How does it make sense that uh, they're, uh, they're absolutely ignoring the fact that uh, in America now we have over 13,000 reports of death from uh, to the CDC uh, from the vaccine and, and uh, no one is investigating it. No one's doing anything. And uh, in, the, in the years before this, if, we, if all the vaccines together had 200 deaths, it would be a catastrophe. And if one vaccine had more than uh, 20 or 30 and certainly over 100, it would be a catastrophe. And now we have a vaccine that has more deaths than all the other vaccines ever put together. So. Well, how can we ignore that? And then on the other hand, we get all these huge numbers of deaths uh, from COVID and they're falsified but in many ways, I'm sure you've discussed on air and in, in your book. So we're looking at this situation and is that crazy? Well, no, that makes perfect sense if you're trying to intimidate and overwhelm a population. You exaggerate the danger that's out there, the terror. You take a, a flu-like illness that is uh, safer than the flu in terms of how it spares children and young adults and attacks people on average my age. I'm 85. That's kind of the average of the, of the age of the deaths of people, uh, killing people who are already um, past 
their predicted lifespan. So you take this relatively benign uh, um, epidemic, if we want to even call it that, and make it into the horror show by exaggerating everything. And then if you think, well, what is their goal? What, what are they really getting out of this? They, they don't want any early treatments at all. So they're trying to make it rational for folks. What's their goal if they, they don't want early treatments? Why would they suppress early treatments? We have ivermectin, we have hydroxychloroquine. It's somewhat complicated, but easy for an experienced physician or nurse practitioner, or even a lay person who's educated, mostly a, a good physician or a practitioner of some sort, who could, who could do treat people and save millions of people, if there are millions, and certainly save thousands and hundreds of thousands with simple treatment. Why would you stop that? Well, you're already exaggerating the deaths, and you're already minimizing the harm caused by the vaccine. So could this be, at the start, all about the vaccines? And the way I'd put it is that the, uh, the, uh, the spike protein is the spearhead of an assault on humanity that has nothing to do with COVID-19 whatsoever, but is planned through COVID-19 in order to vastly increase the wealth of numerous institutions, numerous uh, individuals, of many, many different stripes, but many of them, unfortunately, originating from America, who are working in collaboration with the communist Chinese Communist Party, as, as the book demonstrates painfully accurately, to increase this uh, vast exploitation of the world. Now, why is America hit so hard? Why is Canada being so humiliated? Why is Great Britain being so humiliated? Why is Australia? Why are the seats of liberty under the most attack from COVID-19? Well, the Chinese have been sinking their teeth into us for a long, long time because we are the seat of liberty. And Israel too, of course, is an ally. We are the seat of liberty in this world. We are we are the only country that was formed on the basis not of making its citizens helpless and under the monarchy or totalitarian uh, uh, powers, but to, to liberate people. Government was there to enforce the protection of people's liberties as a primary purpose. It's in the Declaration of Independence, which is like a preamble to the Constitution. So it all becomes, begins to make sense. Now, why are people in Africa doing better? And India now has gotten out of a big jam using ivermectin. Well, because the forces are most locked into those of us who are now free and they're aiming to destroy us. Now, this is terrifying, folks, but it shouldn't make you anxious, afraid, guilty, ashamed, helpless. It should arouse you to look with reason at what in the world is happening in the world. Now I can track for you exactly how this evolved in recent times. It has an ancient history. I mean, uh, you know, since uh, Caesar and before Genghis Khan and uh, African tribes that dominated Africa and 
the Inca Empire that dominated uh, much of America when uh, when the uh, Spaniards got here. There's always been this tendency to keep people enthralled. And once once we got into villages and cities, not when we were hunter gatherers, couldn't be done. We were independent people, independent families hunting and gathering. But once we got together, we were very vulnerable to having somebody become a chief, take over. Very vulnerable to that. And we often invited it as we do now. So what's happening to us now, another important point, is not new and unexpected and never heard of. It is how humanity has always lived, enthralled them since we've been in large groups. The one exception was the founding of America, and that spread democracy to many nations in the world. We got free from England, and then our principles liberated England. So we are the, the beacon of liberty. We are the one bastion against thraldom. And they're out to do to reinstate Middle Ages, whatever metaphor you want to use. The empire, I think it's going to be the Chinese empire. But let's just look at the last 10 years and look at the mechanism so you can identify people. I've just done something, Joe, I want to send to you. I just finished it last night. And so it's a four pager and I'm going to, uh, where I summarize who these people are um, from the book, it's based on the book. In 2010, that's 10 years before COVID-19, Bill Gates announced the decade of the vaccine. And who do you think was right with him as a partner in the declaration? Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci at that time was made, a, a, I think it was at that time, but certainly by 2010, a partner through Bill Gates' very small vaccine <clears throat> committee, which is a group of globalists. The UN was involved in, in other global organizations, but there's Fauci and his NIAID, his National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, right there at the beginning. A very key, now he's announcing that, and think about it, what happens? A decade later, we have COVID-19. Is that a coincidence? He was on a 10-year plan. I'm not saying it's all Bill Gates, not even close to that. Can't have anything without huge cooperation. Then in 2015, there's a big event for Gates and the predators who are looking forward to a pandemic. In 2015, it becomes assured they can make a pandemic and they can play with making vaccines, not effective, in fact, quite deadly, the vaccines. Very clear in the animal research. If you're a vulnerable animal, you die. So you get the vaccine, and if that doesn't do you in, if you get COVID, you're exposed to the COVID afterward, then you get very sick and you die. 2015. Ginger and I found this paper. Nobody was looking at it. It was a paper with funding from Fauci. And the paper was a collaborative study with the top two Chinese at the Wuhan Institute. And the paper showed in 2015 that cooperating together, the Chinese communists, because all these people who are that high up, <clears throat> if they're not communists, they are 
under the Communist Party. They're under not only the Communist Party, they're they're under the People's Liberation Party, the Army, People's Liberation Army, PLA, the, uh, because you know, there's a there's a fusion in China between the military and the civilian. It's called the military-civil fusion. They all work together. You can't you can't be a scientist in China without being a scientist for the Communist Party. That's the nature of the totalitarian state. People don't realize that, but Fauci had to know. Fauci had to know he was funding a potential pandemic virus. In fact, in the last few days, it's come out from his emails that have been finally obtained through freedom of information by a few different groups from Fauci's emails that he actually gave them instructions for how to combine, for going ahead and, not instructions, he's not that smart, but for his goal of combining several viruses, several SARS-CoV type viruses to make an actual SARS-CoV virus. One thing folks don't know is there's never been a SARS-CoV virus found in nature, never. Never has there been one found in nature, but there are untold numbers of SARS-CoV viruses floating around labs. And as for calling it a conspiracy theory to think that the Chinese uh, would have uh, been making these viruses, excuse me, they actually had four leaks of SARS-CoV viruses back in 2003 and four. So that's how long they've been working on this. So here we have China and America making what are essentially biological weapons. The excuse being, hey, we're gonna make uh, vaccines. But I, I wrote and Ginger wrote in April of 2020, Vaccines aren't going to work, and they know it, because the coronavirus mutates all the time. So you, if you make a virus for the Chinese, you make a vaccine for the Chinese virus, it's not going to last long because it'll just help force these mutations to come out. Because if you're suppressing one, one mutation of a virus, one formation of a virus, then the many others that are floating around, the mutations, one of them will take its place. Usually a weaker virus, but that's going to spread more, just, just like our Delta viruses. It's the weaker virus doesn't kill its host that, that really gets to spread more. <laughs> and it, it also is, it has escaped the vaccine. I hope that's clear. It's pretty complicated stuff for a minute. But all this was predictable, and we talked about it way back in the, before the middle of 2020. So they knew all this. I knew it. I had never even uh, worked in the area of virology. I wrote my first article on vaccines just by chance a few months before COVID. I wrote about uh, how the vaccines were not being properly studied by the FDA and what the FDA was doing. But um, I never thought ahead to something like this. So Bill Gates now knows in 2015 <clears throat> that a pandemic virus can be made and they're already in the labs of China and the US who are collaborating. And he knows Fauci who's been the, his key guy since at least 2010s in the middle of all this, probably has a great deal of control over it. We'll take orders from Bill. So Bill in 2016, one year later, uh, creates a business plan and I don't know how I found this one. I think it was God just pulling the strings of my fingers. But I pull out of uh, 
Klaus Schwab's website, Bill Gates' business plan for the world for the next pandemic. It's about 65 pages long. You can find it on my website now. Go to the Coronavirus Resource Center on bregan.com and then look for the background materials for the book. And you will become one of the first people in the world outside of the uh, creditors to see the business plan that they made in 2016. And that business plan lays out everything that's happening to us now. In particular, it lays out that Bill Gates will be working with, it's not called Bill Gates, it's called CEPI, C-E-P-I, an organization that Bill Gates founds in 2017, but he's describing it in 2016, reports it in 17, that he has founded with Schwab, the great, the man who will uh, eventually announce the Great Reset in 2020, and uh, but who's been working on it his whole life. <clears throat> so you have uh, you have Schwab, and you have um, a powerful organization that uh, that represents uh, the drug companies is, is working with him huge trust in Great Britain, and they're getting together. And in the earliest plan, it says the pharmaceutical industry will have no costs during the pandemic. Their costs and even their indirect costs will be covered. <clears throat> and later in another document I'll tell you about, related to this document, they say that not only that, but Bill Gates's group, CEPI, will get some of the profits. If there's huge profits as they expect, they'll be fed back to Bill Gates. So in 2016-17, Bill Gates is organizing with, I'm gonna name who in a minute, with whom, with, with these initial investors, these initial partners, describing how companies he's already investing in personally and through his foundation will be making a fortune. They will be guaranteed by the government or by foundations but have no out-of-pocket expenses. And they will build platforms to put in place the minute the pandemic occurs that can rush through vaccines at warp speed. He doesn't say that. But basically, he describes that he's already working with the drug companies to build what will eventually be called Operation Warp Speed and, and poor deluded Trump. I love Donald Trump in a, in a way for his, deeply for what he's done for America first and liberty, but he got either duped or colluded. I think he just got duped. He couldn't believe he's being duped by everybody. Everybody was duping him. And he couldn't believe it. So he's, he, he then thinks he's creating Operation Warp Speed when he's implementing Bill Gates' original plan. So then comes the year 2017. And in 2017, Gates and Fauci at, I'm sorry, Gates and Schwab at Schwab's annual meeting of the World Economic Forum, they announced this program. In the summer of 2017, and this was another fine, fine, fine another amazing find that, that I made and Ginger and I made, 
but um, I take proud ownership of these two finds. In July 2017, based on the original plan, CEPI, and that's Bill Gates, it's also Fauci, it's also Wellcome Trust and a few of the other powers, but it's basically Bill Gates and the intellectual leader is um, Schwab. And Fauci's involved because he's been with Gates since the beginning. Um, they make a, a big PowerPoint for the World Health Organization. And you'll find that in the same place on bregan.com. Go to the Coronavirus Resource Center. Go to the resources for the book, um, which is, is uh, uh, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, which, by the way, you can buy now. The first copies have been shown to us on a video today. The, the book is being printed. The first copies are sitting there. They're going out to the 13,000 people or plus who have already uh, bought it in advance. You can buy the book in advance at a, at a really inexpensive price in Canada and the US. US and Canada, you can buy the book. In Europe, you can sign up to get notified when you can get it. And just go to wearethepray.com. Go to wearethepray.com. You'll get the book. Um, so in 2017, in this PowerPoint, he repeats. And you'll find these things as the only diagrams in the book. You'll find these slides in the book, but you'll also find the entire presentation on Bregan.com. I put them up yesterday. I put them up yesterday, Joe. I want to get them up for you. Um, and uh, in it, they repeat that the drug companies have no losses. I think the actual words are no loss colon or something like that. And it describes this and how then Sepi will get. The cream of the of the profits, and it says basically that that uh, Bill Gates, he's mentioned by name, but will be involved in the organization of the generation of the actual vaccines and all the wealth, working with very various people, and that the World Health Organization will take over all the rest. Imagine that they have no powers like this legally. They're not the rulers of the world. They're not the courts and the congresses of the world. They're making this up for themselves because they have so much power. Behind the World Health Organization is the UN, behind the UN and the World Health Organization is communist China's huge power, huge power. So they announced that, that, the, that the World Health Organization will then take the scientific side of it and own that and set the standards for medicine, for the vaccines, for all that stuff. So if you want to know how does a reign of terror occur overnight, you organize vast businesses, you organize the government agencies, you organize all these people, you get a powerful leader like Bill Gates, because he has money everywhere. By the way, he funds World Health Organization, not just through the Bill and Melinda Gates. You'll find out in the book there's three foundations he's, he funds that are giving money to the World Health Organization. Now, if you look at 2017 and who is partnering with Bill Gates, 2016-17, you look at the two documents that are on my website or you read the book, it's all in the book, who is working 
2016 and 17, announced as in partners with SEPI, with Bill Gates, with Klaus Schwab, with the drug companies. Well, you find out the drug companies are. But this is the part you're not going to believe until you read it. Partners include the FDA, CDC, even BARDA, and that awful person named Bright, B-R-I-G-H-T, from BARDA, the big government agencies, NIH and NIAID are there. They're all there working with Bill Gates and SEPI in 2016-17 at his planning meetings, and BARDA remains on his planning board with Rick Bright. Now, who was Rick Bright? Rick Bright is the key man in, in the deep state who prevented Donald Trump from opening up the, the treatment of all of America and preventing probably 80, well, studies show it would have presented, prevented 87% of the deaths. And, I'm sorry, 75% of the deaths and 87% of the hospitalizations. That's exactly accurate. I can't believe all this information is in this old brain. We've been working hard, Joe. Um, so, um, Rick Barda, Rick Wright at Barda, B-A-R-D-A, capital letters, was the, was the key in all of this. Uh, well, a point man in, in uh, preventing you and I and everybody else from having easy access to very effective treatments. Again, why? Because it was a decade of vaccine. That's all it was ever about. It was never about anything else, finding a way to get rich and powerful. Now, how close are Bill Gates and the World Health Organization? One of the things you'll see in the PowerPoint is a statement that SEPI has created a memorandum of understanding with the World Health Organization. Who is this? You know, when I look at Bill Gates, I see a creepy 10-year-old in short pants acting like an adult and giggling while he does it. This is a bizarre man. A bizarre man. He, through his own creative foundation, CEPI, C-E-P-I, has a memorandum of understanding, which is the next thing to an absolutely binding contract with the World Health there's a gold mine of research here because they spread these memorandums of understanding around to a lot of different groups. So you want to know, how does the reign of terror, let's what I start with, how does the reign of terror get organized? I'm telling you in the deepest way you've ever heard how it gets organized. So by the time they're through, oh, I have more fun for you. 2017, to show you that none of this is chance, Bill Gates announces in announcing SEPI that the two companies he's working with are Moderna and Pfizer. You'll get the quotes, you'll see it all in the book, Moderna and Pfizer. And what are they working on? Bill Gates says this in 2017 in obscure videos I found. He's making RNA, he doesn't say M, RNA and DNA vaccines. 2017, 
fast forward 2020, what are the two vaccines? They're not even vaccines. They're making us into GMO people. But these so-called vaccines, what are the first two in America approved? Pfizer and Moderna, Moderna right on top of each other. And they are given, but just as Gates demanded in his business plan, he calls it his preliminary business plan, which you can read. They get billions of dollars from the federal government through BARDA, more through NIH, and then more through NIAID, and direct help because they're doing vaccine work to help these companies at NIH in their own labs. See the tie-ins, folks? The money, he spreads money, Gates, he spreads money to a foundation that's a part of the CDC. He spreads money to the equivalent of our FDA in Great Britain. He spreads money to the South African monitoring agency. He spreads money to the only real watchdog uh, international program called the Corcoran. My friend, Peter Gertzer, Peter Gertzer helped found it spreads money to them so they fire Gertzsche and instead of being a watchdog agency he turns the biggest monitoring agency voluntary public monitoring agency not under anybody's control to go <laughs> turns them it's called a Corcoran turns the Corcoran into a pet of the vaccine manufacturers. How much did it cost Bill Gates? You know, Bill Gates has billions and billions. How much did it cost Bill Gates to get the founder, Peter Gertzer, fired and to turn him completely around to, instead of reports they're literally putting out what are like comic book glossy things they call science, but they're actually got pictures of smiling people and vaccines. Cost them a lousy million bucks. That's how cheap some of these people go for in these organizations. No wonder he can control so much. Everything that's happening to us was developed and planned ahead of time. Now, <clears throat> people say who don't understand, uh, and that's really almost everybody thinks that there was no animal testing of the vaccines, there wasn't time, and blah, blah, blah. Animal testing of these vaccines goes back to the early 2020. What am I saying? 2008, 2010, you'll find it in the book. And what they continually found is that any vaccine, including, because several of the studies were about RNA or DNA vaccines, that any coronavirus vaccine for SARS-CoV, because remember they're creating SARS-CoVs in the lab, lots of them, all kinds of them. So they can they experiment with the vaccines. You know what they use? They use what Ginger calls, my wife calls Franken-mice. You take a poor mouse and you develop it abnormally so that it has human lung epithelium. And then you can see what happens to the mouse, you know, how, how these things kill the mice. And they find that, first of all, the mutations are so rapid, it's gonna be a problem. But worse than that, 
the vaccines that they do give the mice end up making them susceptible to horrible outcomes if they actually get COVID. So they don't get very good protection. And when they get COVID, they get very, very sick and they, many of them die. So then you ask yourself, this was known. Yes. How well known? In 2020, while Operation Warp Speed is going on, and they're rushing these human experiments, a paper comes out from independent people in a major journal with Fauci funding. He probably funded it without knowing what was going to happen, or he didn't care, saying these, these uh, vaccines, all of them, not just the mRNA and the DNA, but even the killed vaccines, they're too dangerous to even try on humans. This comes out in 2020. You'll find it in the book. Again, you can get the book at the www.wearetheprey.com. You can buy it in very cheap right now in, in Canada, and you can buy it in, in the U.S., and you and send us a note from from Europe, and we'll tell you when it's available there. So they, they knew all this. There's no surprises to them. They knew what they were doing. So going back to Dr. Mercola's question, it's only been a few, about forty-five minutes or forty minutes. I've never done this before, Joe. It's just coming together in my head and just seeing you perks me up. But um, I've never put it together like this. I've got note sheets, but I'm not, you see, I'm not using, I'm not even turning my head. It's just now it's so in there that I put it together in a way right now that is better than ever before. Um, and I hope it's just clear as day to everybody. So don't get scared, get angry. Don't get demoralized. They want that. Do you know, one of the things Ginger found that blew me away very early on was that there is a whole school of public health that talks about how to intimidate and engender fear to get people to do what you want. It's called, this is bizarre, it's called fear appeal. <laughs> how to appeal to people by scaring them, intimidating so it's systematic. And public health people have always been totalitarian in nature. I mean, you read a compendium of public health writings, and it's all about public health people telling the communities what they must do come the next public health threat. They don't say, preserve the Bill of Rights. <laughs> no, they don't say, make sure we check this out in the courts or we have a body supervising us for our ethics and to protect the folks. No, no, no. They're by nature, a lot of public health people, certainly the ones that rise to the top, which is generally the case. In institutions, they're the, you know, the cream doesn't rise to the top. The people who will do anything to get to the top rise to the top. And um, to... That's the basic situation. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop talking after an amazing 45 minutes. And um... <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Most of that information is not new. Uh, at least the people watching the, my uh, video series, uh, we've heard this before. So uh, the the but they still coming back to the central core of the question, especially in light of what happened last weekend. 
when we have this outrageous, egregious expression of authoritarian, authoritarian dictatorial control, which is essentially mandated vaccines uh, for the entire country, not close to the entire country, uh, that has required uh, all companies to, with more than 100 employees to require man mandatory vaccines or weekly proof of vaccine, or not vaccine, but a COVID testing. So, and interestingly, if you look at the justifications for this, it really makes sense. I mean, it, because the arguments they use are pretty solid. They, they are really solid. I've got to give them that. But the problem is that their arguments are all fatally flawed and based on 100% bullshit. You know, that, that A, this is a dangerous disease that is killing enormous amounts of people. Have people died? Of course, but not much more than a typical flu. The at risk of dying from this is less than a half of 1% um, for most everyone. And that B, that the vaccine is safe. And nothing could be further from the truth. As you mentioned, we've already had 14,000 people documented through the VAERS database, which is at least one to 10% of the underreported. So that means you could add one, a zero to two zeros on that and, a, and legitimately five, which puts us well over 50,000 deaths over a well over a million adverse repent, rep, rep, reports, uh, events rather. So, and then it would make sense if, if A, the disease, there was a real threat out there and that the, the vaccine worked and that there was no side effects. And if there were side effects, it's okay, we've got you covered. The government's gonna take care of you. We're gonna pay any damages. No, they've done the exact opposite. Any, is, they are forcing people to take an injection under enormous threats that if they suffer any, any harm at all or die, they are 100% responsible, not the company that made it, that you are personally responsible because you were stupid enough to take the vaccine or, and, and, and I, I uh, let me retract that stupid enough because really getting, and this is the preface, just getting back as, an, as a recent illustration of the massive effectiveness of their propaganda campaign, that they could get to the point where they can make claims like this and justifications like this that are perfectly rational, but the underlying basis has been absolutely hidden that, the, that, that their arguments are fundamentally and fatally flawed because there is just no justification for this, that, that to mandate a vaccine, that if you die or have a, in, you don't die, you're just unfortunate enough to be injured the rest of your life and generate a million dollars in medical bills, you are 100% responsible for them and will eventually be medically bankrupt. And this has happened to many, many, many people. So at least in the swine flu when in the 70s when they had the vaccine, which they, you alluded to earlier, they stopped after 25 deaths, maybe a total of 50 deaths. Uh, and they did wind up paying those injuries. Uh, they paid $3 billion, I believe. But no, there's, there literally would be hundreds of billions of dollars in damages from the vaccine, but not a penny is going to be made, be paid out to them. Instead, hundreds of billions of dollars of 
profit will be generated, as you mentioned, to the, to the vaccine companies, largely generated through Gates and Seppi and Gavi and his uh, a collusion and alliance with the World Health Organization and, and, uh, and China. So anyway, it gets back to the point which I, which I think is, and you know, I want to, and I want to you to share your th- positive thoughts on the actions that we can take. But you know, because this mass psychosis, which we've had other historical illustrations of, like the Salem witch trials, where they were able to convince the community some really irrational, illogical things, but the whole community believed in it was a mass psychosis, which is what they've done to the United States and pretty much the whole entire world. Uh, that has been exposed as there's just literally it's the minority of people who are not encapsulated into psychosis. So I'm wondering if you could comment because you're so well-skilled and talented and have the depth of knowledge to really help us understand how the hell they did this other than the mechanics. We know the mechanics and, you know, we can go on for 10 more hours talking about the other details, but I want to know from a psychological perspective. Well, human beings, as the babies, we're newborn into a state of helplessness. No other creature is born as helpless as we are. We're essentially a fetus outside the womb in the beginning. And the reason for that, I believe, is that we are a social animal. So the early stages of our relation, of our brain growth, and as you know, I'm sure, Joe, the brain doubles in size in the first year of life, that occurs in a social environment. So we have a social brain. So we are very tied to each other. That's the whole purpose of that that socialization, that slow growth, that dependency over the years. And while that gives us enormous power, because as a social being, you know, we used to be able to kill mammoths with literally pointed sticks before we even had real spears because we could team up and gather around. And, and uh, it was usually the men and the women could go out, they could hunt and gather and stick together and protect each other and their babies and so on. So very social, that's what allowed us as uh, extended families, hunting gatherers to, to, to survive and to be different than all other creatures. It's our social relationships that make us unique. They also give us uh, our pleasure and our, and our grief. Now, Built into all of us is that potential for feeling very helpless again. We can become, in moments, little children again, if we're not aware of it. If we're not aware that when we start feeling guilty or ashamed or anxious or overwhelmingly afraid, which is anxiety, if we're feeling those things, we can easily become helpless. And that's basically what's going on. I think it's fine to call it a psychosis. I, I, I prefer to call it an overwhelming helplessness that overcomes the nation. And if you identify it as helplessness, you can see right away, well, that isn't doing me any good. Now, if in childhood you're abused, then that helplessness remains with you into adulthood. That's how powerful those early years are. And you have to work hard to overcome it. And the model that, for me of, of psychotherapy you know, is overcoming these negative emotions, guilt, shame, anxiety, overcoming the basic helplessness 
that relates to them. I talk about that in a book called Guilt, Shame, and Anxiety. And we have to overcome it. We have to identify what was done to us. If you're an adult, it really helps to identify that, yes, you were sexually abused, or yes, you were not loved. You, you, you may believe you were loved, or you thought you were loved, but you were not really loved well enough. Or yes, you really were bullied by your older brother, or your big sister. Or yes, school was a horror for you because you didn't feel like the other kids for one reason or another, and you felt ostracized, you were humiliated. Um, you look back and you see what's going on and what happened. And that helps you see it's not you. So there's nothing wrong with half of America. There's nothing wrong with those of us who are patriotic. There's nothing wrong with us, those of us who believe in God. There's nothing wrong with us, those of us who really admire the founders of the country, even though they were human beings and they, they had corrupt, horrible practices like uh, slavery. But they had these amazing ideas. And many of them were very great and good men. And women, Abigail, John Adams, <clears throat> Martha and George Washington, strong, de devoted people who risked their entire lives and fortunes to, to give us a free nation. So we need to know what happened. We are being oppressed by evil people. Nothing is by chance. We might as well be children being tormented and turned into hell. We have to say to each other, no more. No more helplessness. No more lamenting. No more complaining. No more saying what's happening to us. It's very clear what's happening to us. It's an age-old <clears throat> tendency for power to rise to the top and to abuse everybody it can. Only now it's high tech. And now they have these uh, fake vaccines that are sort of high tech and so on. But it's, it's the same old scaring the hell out of us by all the methods that Joe has been talking about so much and I've been talking about so much. Uh, we won't name all those methods again, but they're all calculated to cow us. And so we can look at this and not say what they're doing is crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's intentional and purposeful, and we must stand up to it. And this is true whether um, we're an abused adult in a family, in a marriage. It's true wherever we are. We must not, we must understand and not allow ourselves to be abused and rendered helpless again. So Americans, we need to get together. We need to give each other comfort and love and, and inspiration. We need to support from a tactical viewpoint. We need to get involved together. I can tell you that when Ginger and I made the terrifying decision to take on COVID-19, to really risk my whole life's work for so many years, you know, where I, I have a wonderful reputation as the conscience of psychiatry to actually join many other people fighting for America's freedom. Very scary choice. But once we did, we started meeting tons of people. We got to know Joe McCullough. We got to meet all kinds of wonderful people. The introductions to my book are by people I never imagined knowing. Peter McCullough, the great cardiologist, wrote an introduction. Zev Zelenko, who risked his life and his whole reputation to 
to declare that uh, there is a good treatment, and here it is. And almost got pre the president to support it until we got crushed. You meet wonderful people. You'll meet people in your community. If you join a school board or join uh, the Republican or Libertarian or Conservative Party or wh wherever you can get a foothold to stand up for the founding of the nation. I call us the refounders. We're all refounders of America. It's a critical moment in time. And instead of feeling sorry for ourselves, think to yourself, God put us, or history put us in a place where we can make one of the hugest differences of all time. We can have effects beyond anything we imagine. And you will at the same time be meeting all these new and amazing people. I hardly knew a single colleague in psychiatry that I could be proud to say I knew them because psychiatry is one of the spearheads of oppression in many, many ways. I'm not talking about psychotherapy at all. I'm talking about psychiatrists who diagnose you and give you drugs. Very impressive thing. Another way of making you helpless. We have to say, no, I'm not gonna drug my feelings. I'm gonna channel, channel them into anger, but, but then don't get overwhelmed with anger. Make new friends, support new institutions. Instead of listening to ABC and NBC and CNN, listen to Joe McCullough. Yeah, listen to Alex Jones. I thought I'd never say that on the air in my entire life because I bought the, the Kool-Aid. <laughs> you took the red pill, not the blue pill. <laughs> you know, you can just meet these amazing, amazing people. And our lives have been richer than ever before because we decided, scared as we were, to take this thing on. And everybody who can understand what I'm saying is needed in this world now. Join, get, get yourself off of YouTube. Go to brighteon.com. Mike Adams, another freedom fighter. He's got, a, he's got a place that you can trust. He's not gonna take you off for being for freedom or being for God being for the founding of this country. We have to build alternative institutions. We will not retake CNN, but we can build our alternative institutions. So we need to know that there is a war against us. Now, ironically, Bill Gates is not as important in this war as he thinks, because what they are doing in collaboration with communist China, and I detail that in our book, detail it. They're collaborating with the Chinese Communist Party. And when they succeed in weakening America, if they do, Bill Gates is not going to be a hero to anybody in the Communist Party. They'll leave him alive. They'll make his currency digital, take it away from him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they'll cancel his currency. Or they'll kill him, or they'll torture him, or whatever. That's the enemy we're ultimately up against. And they have a stealth war against us. So read some good books. Well, I've got stuff in it, but there are people long before me who were writing about <clears throat> China and how it's taken over so many of our institutions, working with the elite, working with the elite. Um, so be proud, be an American, be a patriot, stand up for liberty, 
say you believe in the founders of America. And yes, yes, you know about their flaws and all that. Look at their principles. Look at the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, especially the Bill of Rights. That's your legacy, you who are throwing it away, you who are doing nothing to protect. Probably since the Civil War, this is the biggest threat to freedom in America. And it's much bigger than the Civil War in that it's a war against all of the Western democracies. Again, it's, it's no, it's, it's no uh, chance event that the English-speaking Western nations are particularly taken this hard. That's part of the plan. It was announced. It was announced by the whole bunch of these uh, folks that America, particularly uh, Trump's America, particularly the, the America firsters, all the people we track in the book are China firsters instead of American, America firsters. Most amazing thing that we unraveled that I'm not sure any about this is unraveled. It's just astonishing. It, it freaked the sound in the beginning. We got scared. We got overwhelmed. We felt like we we're di- struggling with the devil. My wife, who's a Christian, said, we are struggling with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, let me go back to Joe, because I've, I've probably taken up a lot of airtime here. No, no. I, this is exactly what I wanted you to discuss, so thank you for elaborating on that, because I think you know, it's it's so easy to go deep in the weeds and, and all the specifics of how they've been able to to um, carry out this elaborate and sophisticated plan that obviously, as you alluded to and many others, more well beyond a decade, probably two decades. There's a patent history and and uh, research documented grants that support what this this is going on for yes. two decades. So. You know, I, and so it's easy to get caught up in that. And I think really it's, it's so much more productive to focus on positive things that we can do in a perspective to know if there is some hope and victory because it's so easy to get depressed, especially when it, if you just look at this objectively, it seems to be getting worse every week. It We're is. losing more freedoms. I mean, and so if it goes at this rate, it's like we are going to have a social credit system that's comparable to China. And I think you are right. That is the end game. The end game is complete authoritarian, totalitarian control, very similar to what you have in China. And I don't think anyone watching this wants that. Yeah. And and I really want to help people replace the fear and confusion. Like, how could they do this? The worst thing you can say to yourself is, how could they do this? What are they doing to me? I remember when I uh, read, read the diaries of some of the uh, people, the leaders in the Warsaw Ghetto. Not really, they weren't really leaders. The leaders were fighting and dying in the streets against the Nazis in the Warsaw Ghetto, slowing down their progress and tying up large numbers of troops. But the rabbis, the, the, the intellectuals, they were saying, God, why have you done this to us? Why have you done, what do you mean why? This is the history of, of the world. I mean, read the Bible. The first family, the one son kills the other over jealousy, lies to the father. This is the history of the world. Stop lamenting, stop complaining, be joyful. And, I mean joyful, you won't always be joyful. Be joyful that you are in a moment of time when you can help turn the tide again the way our founders did. 
we really have an opportunity to get together, create our own institutions, fight back, take big risks. Do you know the founders of our country, each and every one who signed the Declaration of Independence consciously knew that they had created King George's hit list. Every single one of them knew that if the war was lost, they'd be sought out and hanged. King George promised it when he saw the list. Imagine John Adams when he heard, hey, John, you're really on the top of the list because John's going back and forth in a boat, little tiny boats to, to France and back to, 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 and to England and back supporting the revolution, not to England after the revolution started. And he could have been hung at sea, never see his beloved Abigail again, or his children, one of whom becomes president of the United States, never see them again. All right, that's the legacy we have. It is so great. It is so meaningful. And I believe God controlled or driven. I don't know whether God controls or supports. I don't, I don't have a theology that I think is beyond me, but I know there's a presence of God behind us of a loving God, not a hating God. So don't get into hating. That's not the point of it all. The point is to get strong, collaborate, fight together, take risks. We need giant protests. More and more the conservatives are finally calling for peaceful but huge protests. Why should the Australians, the French, the Germans and the English be ahead of the United States in protesting what's going on. So massive civil disobedience. I think it's actually, it has to come to that. It has to come to that. And, and I agree 100% with Joe. My emphasis about it's gonna get worse. My emphasis is that's the plan. The plan always starts with one piece of oppression two pieces of, they work you up, you know, like the proverbial frog in the, in the hot water, which is probably not a true story, but that, that's the metaphor until you're cooked, boiled. So it's inevitable, folks, don't wait for it to end. Whoever's behind Joe, whether it's his wife or Barack Obama, I don't know why we don't know. I don't know who's not looking hard in that area. I'm sure there'd be a way to find out who's behind Joe because it's not Joe's. Nothing inside the Joe much now. But, but this, is, this is the plan. It's not going to just get better by itself. Absolutely will not. And this is the way it's always been. I think Joe is right. This particular plan goes back a long ways. But it all goes back to the difference between the American Revolution, in which Washington did nothing to terrorize his own people. He didn't even seize goods from his own people, pay for everything he could. He didn't imprison his own people. He didn't even torture the enemy soldiers. It goes back to that civil war, which was conservative. It said, we want our freedoms back. We have been free. We've been so far away from you, George. We're free, King George. Versus the corrupt revolution 
1789 in France, where you have an increasing reign of terror. And I think that eventually in this world, we will, I've not said this before, Joe, we're going to have a reign of terror. It inevitably goes that way until there's either a fight back or people become so docile that they only need occasional examples of terrorization. We have to fight back. I've never put it so clearly in my life, folks, but there's no doubt about it. This is the situation. I'm not talking about violence. I think we first have to work ourselves up to see if we can do this with just plain dissent. Be like Gandhi, be like Martin Luther King and take grave risks. I think that's where we have to go. Joe? Yes. So the book is COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. Um, and it's going to be available. How do you buy this book? Is it on Amazon or somewhere else? Well, not yet. Um, we are we are now um, ourselves, uh, our own companies, sending the books out to the people who have bought them in advance. So they're being mailed oh, out. Oh, so you can buy it, but not on Amazon. A lot of people will be very happy with that. Not on Amazon right now, at least. We wanted to accept, we wanted to do our own institution. My wife is a genius and she's among her innumerable things has created this publishing company. And the books are gonna be sold in Canada from Canadian warehouse and, and uh, a Canadian uh, source so that the mailing course will be Canadian and not shipping across the border. And then in the US, and you go to our, our dedicated, we can go to bregan.com, but go to the dedicated website. It'd be much easier for you for the books, which is wearethepray.com, wearethepray.com. Those books are going out now. You can buy them now. The first printing's 20,000. Um, looks like we may sell them out. Great. And uh, then we're going to leave that up, Joe, I think, for the ever, the duration. And then it will be distributed to the bookstores by the end of September. Okay. So the people so, who buy now will get it cheaper and they'll get it right away. Is it a paperback or hardcover? It's a paperback. It's about 650 pages, big book. It has wow. uh, over a thousand endnotes. And many of those endnotes contain five or six citations. It has an amazing chronology. That's very long of, of major events. It's got um, a good index. A lot of books don't have indexes anymore. It's got a very detailed index. So you can look up names and, and do things. It's got a preface that presents you the overview because the book grew and grew as things changed and we understood more and more. And it's got three amazing introductions by literally three of the, three of the top COVID-19 doctors in, in the world. You know, Peter McCullough, I think you've had him on, and Zevzelenko uh, and Elizabeth Lee, the lead, all MDs. And that's the kind of folks we have met uh, because we risk things. And those are all folks who have risked a lot. Yeah, there's, they're definitely some of the pioneers and leaders in helping people understand the truth. And 
uh, in Peter's case, especially because he's both especially well uh, credentialed in the academic community and took a big risk by uh, sharing this information. So I'm glad you were able to connect with him. And man, 700 pages, that's a whopper of a book. Maybe 650, yeah. It's yeah, a, but that's still, that's a, that is two books in one. That's going to yeah. take a long time to read. Well, we've set it up with a great table of contents. I've made it purposely somewhat repetitive. So you actually could pick this up almost at any chapter that interests you. Oh, sure. You might go right to the chapter uh, that is uh, uh, the Bill of Particulars against Anthony Fauci. <laughs> yeah. Or you might go to the chapter 15, which is Bill Gates and the Global Predators. Yeah. The, uh, well, it sounds like the connection to the uh, Chinese Communist Party and People's Liberation Army might be particularly intriguing because there's not many people discussing that aspect of it. No, no. But there's many people before me who have documented the, the way they've infiltrated the government, infiltrated uh, academia, infiltrated uh, every aspect of American life with uh, very sweet because, you know, Chinese people as a people are very gentle and kind mm -hmm. and thoughtful people. But the ones who are doing a lot here are under the control of the Communist Party. That's the way it is. Um, in fact, uh, we, we have a, a, a you know, there's a, a wonderful Chinese uh, lady, Li Ming Yang, Yan, Li Ming Yan, who calls herself Scarlet. And she was named if by her friends in Hong Kong after Gone with the Wind Scarlet. And um, she escaped China to come and tell us about the differences between the countries and the fact that China's at war with us. She's a virologist, among other things, an MD. Um, and to tell us that, that there's a war going on. She was the first place I, I heard about um, yeah. this covert, the covertness of the war. And she's an amazing, amazing woman for sure. And uh, she has a very thick Chinese accent, but very, very bright woman. Very bright. Yeah. Have you had her on? I have not. I've not been able to connect with her. Yet. I can connect you. Yeah. yeah. She's, she, she is a treasure. No question. She is a treasure. She, and, she's uh, so intelligent. She, yeah. deep, deep, I mean, she's definitely credential and she's done deep research in this from the beginning. So. Yeah. She's written scientific papers. And um, um, I, I think I think that uh, you know if you work with her, she makes a wonderful guest. She's been on a lot of shows, but you know she literally is in hiding and being chased by the Chinese. No, I know she's got a, a just a terrifying story. But listen to her, and her husband wanted her killed, and this is, oh my god, she's just she's basically in hiding. So we don't want to live in that kind of country, folks. And no, the fact that she doesn't get on NBC and ABC and all that tells you we've already moved in that direction, that the bravest, most heroic person in, in many ways that I know, you know, was Scarlett Ann, Dr. Scarlett Ann. And, um, and uh, she's hardly known at all outside of the conservative circles. And right. uh, that just tells you again, the deterioration of morals and ethics in the institutions of America, not just the press, the medical, the scientific. Um, the corruption of medicine is just bizarre, you know. <laughs> Folks, the, 
the, the AMA journal puts online a study of, chlor of chloroquine, not, e not even hydroxychloroquine, but the older, slightly more dangerous chloroquine, where they overdosed the patients and killed them. And uh, the overdoses are clearly described. And, um, and the AMA, JAMA, the journal, you know, puts up online this study to terrify our doctors from taking, from treating their patients with hydroxychloroquine. That's how corrupt it has gotten. And yeah. Well, kind of parallels the fraudulent uh, uh, study that got published in hydroxychloroquine in Lancet the year, yeah. last year with Surgisphere yeah. data that was completely fabricated and eventually was wound up being attracted, but still used as a justification for the World Health Organization to, to uh, dismiss it. And that's part of the other thing. These recommendations they're making makes perfect sense because they give, lead you to be the vaccine is the only option. There's no other option and nothing can be further from the truth. Everything else is censored and disparaged, discredited, uh, uh, essentially unfairly. So, but anyway, we've, we, there's, we can go on and on and on because there's so much to- Thank you, <laughs> thank you for having me on. I appreciate everything you've done, put together, compiled. And the book is, uh, you can pick up at We Are The Prey, P-R-E-Y, Dot com. That, we are the that's the website. Com. Yeah, we are the yeah. Dot com is the website. So you can go there and pick up the copy of the book because you will not be able to buy it on Amazon. So I bet eventually, I guess, but not for now, for sure. Not for so, now. No, yeah, we're so. paying off our paying customers. We're, we're giving priority to our customers. But toward yeah. the end of September, the book will be in the bookstores. Whichever All right, well, it sounds we'll good. Thank you for everything you've done and I look forward and hope people will really enjoy the work you've compiled. Thank you. And thank you for your work. God bless you for your work.